Y'all are listening to the Maverick of Marketing Radio Show. And now, here's your host, Shannon Maverick. Okay, everyone, welcome back. This is your host, Shannon Maverick of the Maverick of Marketing Radio. And what a beautiful week to be in B2B. So exciting. Today's show is a topic that I've actually been really, really interested to cover since we've kind of been living in this new B2B marketing environment that we're all trying to get adjusted to. So we have a lot of really interesting articles to talk about. Some include TikTok. Some include Spotify and the ever-famous on the Maverick of Marketing radio show, Mr. Elon Musk, makes an appearance again, but this time in regards to Texas, so my home state. Um, After we talk about some of those articles, getting into that extremely timely topic of virtual experiences and virtual events. It's no surprise to anyone that we're living in a time right now, at least I'm staying optimistic, where we all have to kind of do our due diligence and stay apart. But what does that mean for trade shows in the realm of B2B? Trade shows have been around for decades. They are not only a networking opportunity for individuals, but more importantly, help with brand recognition and the ever important generating sales and showing off some of those products that have to be seen in person to do them justice. But how do we negotiate through that and navigate through that through this time of separation? I'm excited to have an amazing guest join with me later on in the show, Mr. John Capano. He's the senior vice president of an amazing marketing company called Impact XM. They basically specialize in global experiential marketing that crafts strategic audience engagements by powering brand experiences. So he's going to be talking with us all about the idea of virtual experiences and where he thinks marketers have an amazing opportunity. Um, the types of experiences they can offer their customers, and where do we see trade shows fitting in once we kind of navigate out of this COVID-19 environment. So he'll be joining us a little bit later on, but uh, as to have teased you earlier, lots of fun things as normal happening in the realm of B2B. So one of the first things that I'm excited to see, because it's a topic that is very near and dear to my heart, is podcasting, uh, but a fun spin. So Spotify is making Joe Rogan's podcast an exclusive content series on the platform. So they announced this on Tuesday. The Joe Rogan Experience is signing for a multi-year exclusive licensing deal. So you won't be able to, you can still listen to his content on YouTube. You can watch the live streams and the video streams and Apple. But as of September 1st, that show is exclusive to Spotify. So what does this mean for everyone? I mean, we've been talking about it for, at least I have, been shouting the praises of podcasting and just the power of thought leadership and subject matter experts having a platform to share their knowledge. But this just takes it up a notch. Um, Spotify, let me see here. It reported in Q1 of this year that podcast listening grew a total of 3% from last quarter. So up from 19% or excuse me, up from 16% of their total platform engagement up to 19%. So in one quarter, they saw a total of 3% growth. Now, something that I found interesting and really cool being in the realm of content marketing 
is actually Spotify's content chief, Don Ostriff, said that they're making more and more of these podcast channels exclusive to Spotify, and content creators are happy to do that because their platform allows for those creators to have so much more in-depth data and insights on their listeners. So very interesting. Um, if you listen to the show, you know that it is no, um, not for the faint of heart. <laughs> he delves into some pretty cool topics on conspiracies, um, unpopular opinions, just an overall fun show, but thought it was important to touch on just the power of podcasting and how Spotify has seen such a bump in um, listener engagement. So pretty cool. Secondly, uh, no, no stranger to the maverick of marketing news portion of the show, Mr. Elon Musk, Tesla's CEO and ever popular head, head and leader, um, is not happy with California and the laws and stipulations that are going into practicing social distancing and how it's affecting the manufacturing of his products. Um, he was voicing frustration about the halting of producing his Teslas in Fremont, California. And unlike Ford, GM, Fiat Chrysler, who are all under um, uh, all under union for their employees, um, they don't have any kind of govern governing agency to work with in order to have stipulations and regulations put into place. So interestingly enough, um, they have one of their SpaceX launch pads in Boca Chica, so the very southern tip of Texas. So, and they also have a their one of their gigafactories, um, well known for their electric cars, producing their batteries and other electrical parts for their um, their auto machines in Reno, Nevada. So he's saying he's looking at options of moving their headquarters, currently located in Fremont, California, over to either here in Texas or moving to Nevada. So Governor Greg Abbott of Texas here um, said that he couldn't report too many details on his conversations with Elon, but basically saying that he is seriously looking into the possibility of relocating the um, their headquarters, their sole headquarters, um, to Texas. But that he's just going to have to wait and see. So I believe it was this past Monday they were allowed to go back into production on their cars and automobiles, but under strict guidelines being enforced by the Fremont Police Department. So in other news, fun content news, TikTok, the ever infamous and growing in popularity mobile application for iPhones and Androids actually has a new CEO. So in Q1 of this year, TikTok downloads um, went from 350 million times across Apple devices and Android devices, almost up to 2 billion now since the lockdown had started. Um, this is the most downloaded app ever in the history of mobile applications. So it's no it's no surprise that the Chinese um, governing agency that owns TikTok, ByteDance, has been looking for an American leader to take the charge on the growing uh, popularity that we're seeing. I know I can speak personally to the amount of TikToks that have been made in the market scale office. Being uh, in the realm of content marketing, we love any kind of platform that allows us to have fun with speaking to our customers. So we are no stranger to TikTok. However, I thought it was interesting their choice that they made and kind of the sole person that they really sought after when looking for that American force. Um, 
Um, ByteDance, the parent company to TikTok, their CEO, Zhang um, Yiming, apologies if that's not pronounced correctly, <laughs> um, had one guy in mind as he went to search to replace the uh, the head of TikTok that was operating from China, Alex Zhu. He wanted Kevin Mayer, one of the longtime executives for Walt Disney Corporation, to take the charge on the platform. So uh, Mayer was bypassed for seceding Bob Eager as the new CEO for Walt Disney. Um, he, was, uh, he was seceded by Bob Chapik. I guess they have a thing for Bob's over there, <laughs> who was the um, chief park and experiences uh, operator. He seceded. So Mayer um, was looking for a new role. And so when Zhang was looking to who he wanted to charge the platform and head up all content creation and just pioneering the app into its continued success, Mayer was top on his list. So he um, refused or refused is a bit of a story. A stern word, but he is staying um, silent in regards to uh, commenting on the new role. Uh, we do know that he's not just leading the charge for TikTok, but um, Zhang was so impressed and so looking for his leadership that he's actually put him not only along with the CEO role for TikTok, but he's now also the chief operating officer for ByteDance, so the parent company. So he'll not only be taking the charge on TikToks to come, but also managing their network of popular apps such as Lark, which is like a Slack, like a communication, internal communication app, and Hilo, which is like a um, Facebook app over in China. There has been some backlash from uh, conservative politicians, obviously fearing the company having strong roots in China, having um, misuser information of, of data and um, all of that. But Zhang is staying very excited about Mayer taking the charge on the ever-growing popularity of the app. I mean, having almost 2 billion users and being single-handedly the most heavily downloaded app in the history of mobile applications, I think speaks to the popularity and the probably looming success that TikTok will be having. So those are just a few of the things going on in the B2B world. We've got Elon Musk, maybe moving to Texas, maybe moving to Nevada. We've got Spotify. Check out Joe Rogan's new show. We'll have to wait until September. So for now, you can still hear his show on Apple and tune in on YouTube and TikTok. The Disney executive coming over, obviously very, very acclaimed for their content, launching the Disney live stream, or, or excuse me, the Disney streaming app. Um, so taking over the most popularly downloaded app ever invented. And now that brings us on to the world of virtual experiences. So we'll go to a quick break here. And once we come back, I am so excited to be joined with Mr. John Capano, the Senior Vice President of Impact XM. No better person to speak to virtual experiences and how we can really see trade shows and trade events um, moving forward as we get to start interacting again hopefully soon. So uh, we'll be right back after this quick break, joined by John Capano. Today, 80% of companies are using online learning to grow their business. And MarketScale's online learning solutions are simplifying how you can launch yours. From building an enterprise learning management system, to course design by our professional instructional design team, to full video production and graphic design, your online university will be best in class. 
MarketScale's blockchain-powered digital credential program makes it easy to add certifications for your courses, creating powerful brand awareness and authentication for your organization. Education is the highest form of marketing, and MarketScale is making it easier than ever to create and deploy training for your customers, partners, and employees. For more information on online learning solutions, visit MarketScale.com. All right, everybody, welcome back. This is Shannon Maverick, your host of Maverick of Marketing Radio. And as previously mentioned, I'm so excited to have the Senior Vice President of Impact XM, Mr. John Capano, joining us today on the show. John, how are you doing today? Hey, Shan. Thanks so much for uh, having me on the show. I'm a huge fan. Really excited to be here speaking with you today. Well, thank you. I'm so excited to have your expertise on the topic. I mean, there's no better time to really speak to virtual. And one of the things that I wanted to kind of start with, and it's something that I've just had a question on my mind for a while, is was virtual experiences and kind of the demand for virtual experiences something that was going to be as ever popular as it was now? Or did the current situation with COVID-19 and social distancing force this idea of virtual into the framework right now? That's a great question. Actually, the answer is a little bit of both. We definitely saw that virtual and hybrid events were on the rise. People were, or our clients were using much more online cloud-based strategies to tie into their live events. And then obviously with the COVID situation, we're all kind of staying home. Uh, it really pushed a ton of demand immediately. Everyone in kind of late February, early March, April jumped into virtual and virtual events and exhibits in a huge way. And so it's definitely accelerated that trend that was already in the marketplace. As marketers are looking at the current situation then, as they're looking at the rest of 2020, even kind of looking into 2021, virtual really right now is the only option. So I'm sure that there are options that marketers can do right now to speak to their customers. So could you speak to as the expert on the topic and as you've been talking with your clients, what are some options that they have right now at the present moment? What are some options that they can look towards in the next couple quarters? And then maybe even throughout the rest of the year and into 2021? Yeah, absolutely. Another great question. So um, it's a bit of, uh, if you imagine it running in waves. So at first, everyone kind of froze and they're like, oh my God, trade shows and events aren't happening. What do we do? So there was a move into probably other marketing touch points like digital and the such where people were already, you know, we'll do another newsletter, we'll do more email blasts, we'll pump up the website and all that. But they quickly realized that that idea of a trade show, whether it was live or virtual, was an important component of their overall marketing. And so whether it was putting their own exhibit up in cyberspace and into the cloud where people could visit as a maybe a sales tool or around an event that did or didn't happen or partnering with an event that they were going to be at beforehand and having some type of visual, visual, virtual, sorry, virtual exhibit at that event. Um, and then thirdly, we're seeing a lot now that we've been in the market a little bit, we're seeing more of the proprietary events, the large format Amazons and Microsofts of the world coming to the marketplace with their own virtual events. And as you mentioned, Right now, it's purely virtual. We went from mostly live to all virtual. We do believe that as states begin to open up and markets begin to open up, there'll be a slow 
move back to the direction of live, but they will have a strong overlay. So some of the things we're seeing in the marketplace or folks are talking about and we're recommending to our clients around the idea of hybrid or localized events. So a hybrid event would be some sort of live component, maybe in the fourth quarter or the first quarter of next year, but where there's a strong digital component so that if somebody wants to attend, they can, but if they don't want to, which I think a majority of folks will come back to the market slowly, uh, they'll be able to attend online. And we think that, you know, if you imagine going from all live to all virtual and then that path back to live, you know, it'll be 80-20 and then it'll be 70-30 and then it'll be 50-50 and then we'll be back to 20-80 where most of it is live and, and a component of it is virtual. So we do believe we'll see that um, evolve in the marketplace as we go. Yeah. Lots of things to definitely consider for marketers. I'm sure that's a majority. I mean, this is the maverick of marketing show. So a majority of our listeners are marketers themselves. And I imagine once all this hit, a lot of people and a lot of their time and efforts went into looking at planning these shows, getting the logistics down for these shows. So now that that's not an option, a lot of people are really having scramble probably is a bit of a dramatic word, but look at, okay, what are my options right now to speak to my customers? And then how can I see getting my people back in the field, getting my team back face-to-face with customers and something It's not a question that we had discussed before, but just you having experience with this, I'm curious to hear. Do you think that when, well, first of all, for there are different hotspots in the country with what's going on. What do you think the timeline will be like for total big scale events like we'd seen in the past coming back? Or do you see them coming back to what they were before? So that's the uh, million dollar question. And I think uh, in reference to your earlier point, I think scramble is the right word. I think everybody was scrambling immediately to figure out how to spend those marketing dollars effectively in, in the current situation. And and we've seen a lot of great solutions in the marketplace and people are starting to become more comfortable with that idea of a virtual only connection. But, you know, predict, prediction wise, I think one of the major challenges we're going to have is some areas are going to open and some aren't. And then within those areas, some things will open, some won't. So maybe hotels will start to open up, but flights won't be, or flights will and hotels won't, or convention centers. So I think you're going to have a bit of a mishmash over time where a full scale event with you know, 10,000 or 20,000 people showing up in one place at one time is going to be a very difficult proposition. And I think that's going to continue at least through the end of this year and into the beginning of next year. And I think at the beginning of next year, if everything works out well, uh, we're probably back to a place where the, the new normal resembles the old normal pretty well. I think the key for a lot of our clients and a lot of B2B marketers is what do we do between now and then? And so there's a lot of different strategies you can place into the market around virtual or even around hybrid or localized event. I mentioned that earlier. I'll give you an example of a localized event. Maybe you were having a a customer or sales event for 5,000 people in one location. Well, in the fourth quarter of this year, you're probably in a position where you could have that same event, but maybe it's only 1,000 people or fewer near your headquarters, say you're headquartered in Dallas, you might have a thousand people at a hotel in Dallas, 
but you might have another 500 in New York and another 500 in LA and another 500 in Chicago. And all, all of those locations are tied together with a strong digital or virtual event overlay. So, you know, that, that main stage um, event or those main stage speakers, they may be in Dallas with most of your audience, but they'll also be regionalized or localized versions of that hosted by maybe your vice president of that region or someone similar. And so you'll, you'll still get that face-to-face -face aspect. It just won't be everybody in the exact same place at the exact same time. It'll be more localized. And we're seeing that bridge strategy be talked about more and more in the marketplace. So again, how do we get from where we are today back to normal? To answer your question directly, I think the first quarter of next year looks pretty good uh, at the moment if things continue to trend. But in the meantime, it's you know, how do we get in front of our customers? How do we help our clients get in front of their customers? And so there's a lot of great strategies for that as well. And I'm a big proponent of in-person and kind of that just human element of getting to interact with each other is so important. But as we keep seeing virtual experiences, those hybrid events, kind of those localized experiences like you were talking about, um, get more intricate and be more and more engaging and a better option. Do you really, in your opinion, see trade events being necessary moving forward? I know Q1 is a good goal to have those big shows, those big national, international shows come back. But as the intricacy and the technology evolves with virtual, it, do you really see companies investing that amount of money again into those big shows? I absolutely do. And of course, you know, I'm biased because we're an event and an experiential <laughs> agency. But one of the key takeaways as we speak to our clients and we look at the different polls and surveys that have been done and listen to the data coming in, one of the key takeaways that we're hearing from the B2B marketplace is how this experience has shown the, the C-suite level of executive how important face-to-face -face is, like how much of a dent that not being able to be face-to-face -face with their most important customers and prospects is put into their pipeline. And so we're, you know, among the other takeaways of, you know, how you do events, how do you be digital in, 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 or digital first, or how you adjust your contracts for emergencies such as the one we're in, the key takeaway has been the C-suite realized that something that kind of felt old and dusty maybe a year ago, which was that idea of, oh, trade shows, they've been around forever. They haven't changed that much. The value of those face-to-face -face meetings is really obvious when you don't have them. And I think that's reinforcing what we do. And I do think it'll come back. I think it'll come back in a different way in that there'll be a large digital component to it and you'll get more attendee choice. Do I want to attend the meeting? Do I want to stay home and attend it online or different ways? And there'll be different technologies around that. But I think the, the importance of face-to-face -to, -face to B2B marketing is not going away and it's been reinforced by everything we're experiencing now. Yeah, that was going to be a follow-up question I had was when these events do come back, because as I said, I, I think the importance of face-to-face -face is going to be ever more prevalent as well. Um, when we start to get back on the trade show floor, you mentioned something interesting about those C-suite executives really seeing the importance. Do you think the types of people, both on the exhibiting side and the attending side, do you think they'll change 
you mentioned now they have that choice of going and attending the virtual meeting maybe, but then also getting to go to the floor. Do you think that more C-suite executives will start to come to the show floor as they see the importance again of those trade events? Or just how do you see the attendance kind of changing at these shows? I, th- I think t- it'll be that um, there'll be a balance. I think there will be some folks out there with the mindset that mm, I didn't really want to go to that show. I felt like I had to, but now I can go online and get some of the content. I think the face-to-face components are still largely going to be live. So those key executives that need to be face-to-face, whether that's in the C-suite or in the sales area, uh, they're still going to be showing up these events. I think what you'll see is, though, with the digital is a longer tail. So whereas, you know, a company might go to an event with, say, their own booth and and 10 salespeople or 10 folks, um, they'll have another 20 or 30 or 40 attending online. So I don't know that it cuts into the attendance so much. It could in certain cases. I think in in more it's more likely that it increases the online attendance. So you go from having an event that had 10,000 live attendees, you'll still get your 10,000 live attendees because they'll be the folks that are always going, the folks that are new, uh, folks that find the value of being live. But then you'll get another 20, 30, 40,000 that would like to go but can't for whatever reason. But now they can access that content and those relationships online. So I actually think this will be a multiplier more so than detract from attendance. I couldn't agree more because now they have that option to, if they couldn't make it to the show because of this experience right now that we're in. And like I said, the amount of intricacy that I think we will see that companies have the option for virtual experiences, whether it be simple webinars, whether it be full live scale broadcasts, like Apple keynote style events, virtual kind of 3D interactive trade show floors. Um, I think that won't go away. It'll stay as popular. And like you said, it'll be that multiplier effect. Those who couldn't be live on the floor, well, they now have a even better experience to do virtually and not miss out on seeing those products. And those companies that are exhibiting will have an even bigger um, presence to be able to, at the end of the day, sell their products. <laughs> so this brings me to the part of the show where I love to hear through your experiences, there has to be someone that you can either name them or just speak about their kind of inspiration and their impact that they've had on your career. But is there someone you'd like to name a fellow maverick of marketing? Yeah, happy to. I've had some great uh, mentors in my career and I and I try to return that favor by mentoring some of the younger folks in our organization and in our business. But um, a recent boss of mine, her name is Denise Wong, worked very closely with her for many years. Uh, She was one of the, uh, you know, greatest mentors I've had in my career. She was a terrific marketer, very brilliant woman, and not only a great marketer, but a, a great people person and a great leader. Uh, in the organization where we work together. And uh, I, I will always uh, remember uh, working with her fondly and I learned a ton and a uh, ton, ton of respect and just a great run of uh, and partnership with working with someone who brought a, a terrific set of qualities that I didn't necessarily have in my career. 
Um, and together, you know, we combined very well, but I also learned a ton from her. So, uh, I don't know, I don't know if Denise is listening out there, but a huge shout out to, De to Denise, um, whatever she might be doing. That's fantastic. I loved hearing that you mentioned it was a partnership because I think me too, some of the best leaders that I've gained inspiration and really grown my career from are those who walked hand in hand with me and really were a partner in helping me along my career. So Denise, what a great shout out. And John, as we kind of look at the rest of the year, you mentioned we're looking even further into 2021, that first quarter. I'm sure there are some really exciting things that your customers and just B2B marketers in general can expect to see from Impact XM. So anything you want to share with the audience? Yeah, I can't share um, things that haven't launched yet with specific clients, but I can tell the audience that we are as probably all agencies in our space, we are doing a ton of virtual, we're doing a ton of exhibits and events and helping clients continue to keep their voice in the marketplace. And we are already, as I mentioned, we're already working on bridge strategies for the fourth quarter with our clients where we believe that in various regions or areas, face-to-face -face will be coming back and we're helping our clients map out those plans and develop those in-market strategies for how they roll out and again as i mentioned before how they get from what is where we are today to what that new normal looks like and uh, it's pretty exciting my if you look at my career uh, i've been experiential for about 10 years but i spent the years before that in digital and the moment in time now is really made for that i i have a lot of digital experience and it's been great to be able to take that uh, knowledge and bring it to bear in the experiential world in a bigger way than we ever have before. So it's, it's been fun for me. I mean, it's, as tough as it is, you know, <laughs> working from home and homeschooling the kids and all that stuff that we're all doing. Uh, it's been fun from a B2B perspective and from a professional perspective to be able to take years and years of experience and apply them to current uh, client challenges. So trying to have as much fun as I can with it. Hey, that's all you can ask for and how cool that you get to take kind of the startings of your career with digital and now it's you get to do it with your everyday life with impact xm as well i love one of the things that while this time has been scary and uncertain and there's been lots of big question marks something that i saw right from the get-go was i was just so empowered by the marketing community sharing free resources but more importantly just this has forced everyone to just innovate in ways they never thought they could have. And I don't think the environment that we're in now with all of these new options and these new techniques would have come if it wasn't for COVID-19. So same here. You have to look at the positives and the silver linings. And uh, I love that you get to take two aspects of your career and now it's just normal life. So pretty cool. Well, John, thank you so much for sharing everything about virtual, everything that we can expect and kind of look through the crystal ball and see how um, trade shows might be once they come back um, in the future. And for everyone who's made it this far, we were speaking with John Capano. He is the Senior Vice President of Impact XM, an amazing experiential marketing agency that crafts strategic audience engagement by powering brand experiences. So John, thank you so much for speaking with me today. 
As always, please stay safe and hopefully we'll be on the trade show floor again soon. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much, Shannon. Really enjoyed it and really enjoy, uh, really looking forward to hearing uh, more of your shows as we go. Oh, well, thank you so much. All right, everyone. Well, that was Mr. John Capano, the Senior Vice President of Impact XM. As you're kind of looking at your brand strategy and your event strategy, I will link their information down below in the write-up. Please make sure to give them a check them out, see what they have to offer. I'm really excited to see how those localized events, those kind of hybrid events play out. So if that's something that you're kind of looking at, it's a question mark around your marketing strategy, there will be resources down below. And that about does it for the show today, everyone. What a jam-packed episode. We had Tesla, we had TikTok, we have Spotify. As always, B2B never sleeps, and that's what makes me so excited to continue to talk with marketers, see and hear their passions for their specific niches within B2B, and just kind of learn along this journey. So um, everyone, until next time, please stay safe, do what we need to, to try and get back to some kind of normalcy. And as always, remember, Mavericks, we just don't run with the herd. Mm -hmm.